episode two of Fear Itself is Spooked, directed by Brad Anderson and written by Matt Venn. (laughs) This is the one that stars Eric Roberts. Oh, ow! Yes. Um, So Brad Anderson, I think at this point, I will just say, hello, I am a Brad Anderson fan. Um, And I will say, hello, I have a complicated relationship with Brad Anderson. I, there's a lot I haven't seen, obviously, but like the things that I have seen, I react to more positively than negatively. Um, so Brad Anderson did one of my favorite episodes of Masters of mm-hmm. Horror, which would be Sounds Like. Which is, um, I, I, and I still say, I, as much as it's not my favorite, I think it was the best made episode yeah, period. And I completely understand why, because me too, I think we had it in the same mm-hmm. part of our yep. list. It's one of my favorites. I think it's one of the best made, if not the best made, but it wasn't my favorite. Yeah. Like, so that's fine. Now, this um, is written by the dude who wrote uh, Pelt. Yeah. And other things. Um... For sure. <laughs> I really just zero in on the Pelt. Well, no, that's fair because, I mean, Pelt was my least favorite of last yeah. season. And possibly my least favorite of, of all of Masters of Horror. I hated Pelts. We could not decide whose fault it was. Um, I don't I don't know. Um, I was intrigued to see this episode because I wanted to see if maybe I could I could learn how good a writer he is. Uh-huh. Um, oh, I, I I'm so nervous. I didn't. So, okay. Oh. I didn't hate this episode. I liked okay. I liked a lot of it. Um there uh, but I don't know that it was actually good and I don't know that it was written well. Okay. Okay. Now you I'm guessing you really liked this one. I loved it. Interesting. <laughs> but I I think that I wonder I wonder I wonder a lot of things because what you just said be I great I liked it but what you just said I don't think is untrue like yeah but was it was it well written I don't know because yeah it had it was super Brad Andersony and I'm basing this on the, oh, yes. the Masters of Horror that we watched and Session Nine a movie yep. that I really like it had Brad Brad Anderson shit going on and some so, things that he clearly that he is intrigued by as a director and and especially. As a horror director, uh-huh. and this was even true in Vanishing on 7th Street, which I hated, but did I, I, some I, I, things I, I, really affect, like, what I hate about that movie was how good it started and how bad it became. Yeah. Um, but what's very true here and in Session 9 is uh, the sound and these recordings. And this, yep. he builds creepiness really well. Mm-hmm. And I could, this was, I think, an episode that I thought, this should have been a horror, a theatrical horror movie in 1997. Like, yeah, I can see that, and it, that's not necessarily a bad concept. thing. No, 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 it was high concept. I get, yeah, I, get I, feel, I felt like Fallen and Shocker, like yeah. that yeah. was the story I I wanted. It was like he crams a lot in forty five minutes. He does. It doesn't have a lot of time to breathe. No, and I think thusly you get um you're not really sure how emotionally attached you should be to anybody because yeah. you don't really get time for it to unravel in a, in a more natural way. And I think one key thing here too, which again, I saw this episode for the first time two days ago. You probably saw it a couple years ago. I don't remember any of it. Here's, here's the thing that I think really hurts this episode. That isn't necessarily this episode's fault in terms of timing. When you watch an episode of television in 2020, 
about a policeman who uses extreme methods to get the job done. And sometimes those methods in- involve violence against people that don't even deserve the violence. Ugh, that that was a hard pill to swallow. But it it is it's judgmental. You it's think not... you think the episode is is judgmental to Eric Roberts, or do you think oh, we're supposed to be on his side? I think it's I think it's judgmental slash middling. Mm. I think that it a hundred percent. I think that's the joy of this episode, realizing that it's been judgmental the whole time, realizing that it's mm. been against him the whole time, that everything's been plotting for his downfall because of how terrible he is, and. I think that this is a very complex episode and I yeah. really like, I like almost everything it does. And there's one thing I don't like that it does, but I like almost everything that it does. We Let's synopsize. Please do. <laughs> and again, for everybody at home, we are going to spoil this episode. Um, so this, this episode, it starts in the past, Eric Roberts's past. And he does something really terrible. He's looking for like the mayor or some senator's lost kid, kidnapped kid or whatever. And he is interrogating somebody and fucking slits their throat and they die. But he, and, no, it, it's not that simple, right? He, he slits no, no, his throat. I mean, he's terrorizing him. Well, he slits his throat. He finds the kid, which I don't, this really confused me. Where the fuck were they? Like some like flop house. It looked yeah, like. Yeah, it was very odd to me. Cause part. it was like, he has this guy handcuffed and he's like, he's upstairs. And when Eric Roberts goes upstairs, there's like 35 people hanging out. I'm like, but what's going on? Where am I? That bothered me. Um, no, I get that. It, it, it was strange. And I just had to assume it was some kind of like tenement house or, yeah. I don't know. And I was like, maybe if he had actually searched instead of just yelling, yeah, he would have yeah. found it. Also, like, where's protocol? Where's your backup? But to me, that established he's not a good cop. Right. Well, because then but what happens he, is he doesn't... It's Jack Noseworthy, who you've seen in things. Mm-hmm. He was in the Brady Bunch movie. And Event Horizon, but I mean the Brady Bunch movie. But he slashes his throat, finds the kid, backup comes, and the kid's okay. They have Jack Noseworthy on a stretcher. Yeah. And it, meanwhile, Eric Roberts, his supervisor, is like, you better hope he lives because otherwise it's not going to look so good for you. And then Eric Roberts goes up to Jack Noseworthy when nobody's around and he slits his throat for good, right? I I mean, in, but then, but I don't think we're try, we're supposed, it's terrible, but I don't think we're supposed to think anything other than that. I think we're supposed to think it's terrible. I don't know. I guess I'm so used to cop, and I mean, I say this as somebody who watches SVU, we're I'm so used to the 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 cop who, who crosses a line, but it's okay because he does save that kid. I think it's supposed to be a subversion of that. Mm. I, I honestly believe that, and I feel like I have data to back it up. I get what you're saying, but I, I and I felt wiggly at the beginning, but I really yeah. feel like the whole episode is him having to face what a terrible person he became, and then facing why he became a terrible person, and then paying for it. I really feel like the whole episode is retribution for him being awful. Okay. Oh, I can buy that. But like, but I get it. Like it's not presented that way because, because now, because he is our main character and we're not used to being with main this again, to be repetitive, huge twilight zone energy. This one checks all the boxes better than the episode one. The ending is fucking twilight zone shit. This it's, Zach describes Twilight Zone endings as like nice try asshole. <laughs> That's the, like that is what you're supposed to walk away with. Like pff, 
and this one does it all very well but like i get what you're saying because we have that like flashback and now we're in current times and we're still following eric roberts and he's now like a pi yeah and we see him interact with his pi assistant and we see him in doing his job and he's just living his life busting cheaters you know <laughs> and playing tapes of people having sex and you're like i guess like now i just hang out with this dude so it's off-putting. Yeah, I mean, I guess I was still taking him as... Uh, I don't know. I didn't get the sense that I was supposed to see him as a bad guy. Now, I, think... I do see him as a bad guy, especially <laughs> in 2020, when a, a cop being a violent sociopath is a bad thing. But it didn't... Because he does find the kid. And, and again, I'm not saying that that what you you saw wasn't intended um i think i just didn't see i didn't think to look for it because you're right there is then that next um when he is fired it's not just for this guy it's because remember this woman who you tortured and she she didn't even do anything like Yeah. yeah you're right there is that sense of he has hurt innocent people but when you see him he's not I mean, he's, he's like, so yeah, he's a PI and he's kind of also blackmailing his own clients. Like mm-hmm. he's kind of shady, but he's also sad and you find out why he's sad and he does have a really sad backstory, uh, which go into that, please. So yeah, I, I, everything you're saying is right. I just feel like it's so, it's so purposeful. So like he, he, they, you find out, so a woman comes in and tells him to that she thinks is her her husband's cheating on her and like to stake out the house and oh there's an abandoned house across the street from it which isn't strange at all um and so he goes and he sets up in the in the abandoned house i love this aspect by the way this weird haunted house uh model home slash flop house all of that i i really liked it looked amazing and weird, yeah. and I loved it. So he goes and sets up in this abandoned house to watch this house, and immediately it's weird, and weird shit is happening, and there's unsettling graffiti. Right, he's seeing things and hearing things that his assistant is not. Is not. He's seeing people in the house, but his assistant is not seeing that. His assistant is um, uh, D'Angelo Barksdale. And and um, there is a, a baby doll hanging from the ceiling that winks. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I didn't want you to talk about <laughs> Like we're not talking about Winking baby dolls in episode one That's episode two Don't give that. away your cards <laughs> I thought it was very funny Yes. Um, so he's seeing all this stuff And we find out that all the stuff he's seeing and hearing Is about his own crimes So he's yeah. hearing all this fucked up shit And it's about people talking about him About what they did to him What he did to them and how he hurt them So Essentially, he's being haunted by what he's done in the past. And later in the episode, we find out the house shows you things you can't live with. So so he's hearing that, and he's, like, moving past it to a point. But then he sees something else, and it's I think it's very well filmed. It's beautiful. I love the sets. Basically, and this I found this, this sequencing horrifying. I found this sequence so horrifying, I couldn't look at the screen a couple times. This stupid little old-timey kids playing with a gun, and this stupid little baby Eric Roberts shoots his stupid brother and his stupid father, who's a stupid fucking pig cop, 
has to get him to toe the line and, and cover up his little baby brother's death. And in honor of his stupid baby brother's death, he becomes a stupid fucking cop. And it's all this goddamn father's fault. I was so... I was terrorized by this sequence. I hated it so much. It made me so upset. It was so visceral and gross. And you knew exactly what was going to happen. And you couldn't stop it from happening. And it ruined this fucking kid who then turned into terrible Eric Roberts. And yes, it, it, it hurts and it sucks. And every one of us has had something terrible happen to happen to them, but we decide who we get to be as people. Eric Roberts decided to be a terrible person, mm-hmm. not the man that the the character. And <laughs> yes, Eric Roberts seems lovely as a man. He's he's fine. Um, he, he feeds squirrels, but yes. like this this was, and I think that's for me the tipping point. Like it showed you, it was like, hey, this, like generational trauma uh cycles of abuse cycles of violence it showed you why he is the way he is and then the end of the episode says to me but it doesn't matter he was still bad Mm. he made his choices because he did yeah and 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 so it's again very high concept because the dude whose throat he slit it's his sister that sets eric roberts up and tells him to go to this abandoned house to watch a house that is for sale that no one lives in because she wants the house to kill him, the ghost in the house to kill him and make him kill himself or whatever. So he confronts her and she's like, oh no, my brother and look, and he saved me so I could get you so he could do what he had to do and I was going to help him and save him. And then, uh, in the end, it doesn't matter because Eric Roberts gets shot anyways. By his assistant guy. D'Angelo Barksdale. Nice try, asshole. That's, it's 100% nice try, asshole. And even, even, like, it's about, even, it's about cycles of abuse with, with, um, with the the brother who got his throat slit. Because she keeps saying, like, I was going to save him and I was going to help him. It's about restorative justice, man. This dude took away the option for, of restorative justice from so many fucking people. He had to die in the end. I found this to be very judgmental. I liked it. <laughs> I, I liked it a lot. I, I found it really effective and really gross and really upsetting. I liked it so much. I just talked myself into liking it more. <laughs> no, that's fine. I, I liked watching it because I felt like, and again, this is where I love that 45-minute cap. Because this was, this could have been a movie. And again, like, I just, it felt so much to me like, yeah, this would have been, I don't know who you would cast. Like, I'm thinking like the first power, like all of those 90s era horror thriller cop movies, right? And it, like, that's what it felt like. And I'm into that because I like those kind of like high plot, high concept tales. And it does a lot in 45 minutes. It's, and I think, you know, it, it doesn't accomplish everything it wants to do in 45 minutes. I think this could have easily been a 90 minute movie that, that then things fit together. Things have, again, it's room to breathe. I think it's going to be the phrase that we're going to use. Like if masters of horror was boobs, I think, um, fear itself is going to be room to breathe because there's just not 45 minutes is a tight runtime or 42 minutes. And there is a lot of plot in here. And then there's also a lot of atmosphere, 
right? So you have this reveal of, and I mean, there there's seeds of Eric Roberts and and this. Uh, story hates guns, right? Constantly, no guns, no guns are guns. So that's there, but the him being a child and this whole thing, that comes like 35 minutes in. Like, that's not yeah. there. Like, there's nothing about his family in the beginning. Like, that really does just come up at the end. And in a 90 minute movie, you would, you would position that differently. Mm-hmm. So there is that a little bit of trying to do a whole lot in this tight tight time um but i think what what i really like about it is that it is scary like when he is in that house when he is hearing things and his assistant is not hearing them and you start to piece things together and you can tell by some of the things he's hearing that no this makes this sounds like something else he talked about or you know that there is something wrong with this house and clearly what he is seeing right now is not what she is seeing and how does somebody live here when it looks like this mm-hmm. and all of that, like that was creepy and that was cool. And I could have taken more of that, but there was just a lot of plot to also cram in. And so I think that's why it didn't all come together for me and separate out in a way or settle in a way. Mm-hmm. It's like you made dinner. Um, it's like you, you have like, right? Like, you're making dinner and you're doing like five different dishes and they all end up getting like being done at different times. So by the time I sit down to eat the Brussels sprouts have gotten cold, but the sauce hasn't had enough time to really like settle. So there's all these good elements and they're, it's somewhat satisfying, but it just didn't pack together and click the way I wanted it to in the end. Mm-hmm. I, I get that. I get that. I, I I could also be look I could be looking for things that aren't there I could be doing some work for it but I don't know I thought there was enough elements there that this was a sto- was the story that I wanted which never happens yeah I never get the story I want I get the story that somebody else decides to dump on me so I thought this was like really I don't know I, I liked it a lot and I liked the Brad Andersonness of it and it yeah. it Especially by the end when they're, like, just in this woman's house in a room. I was like, is this an old episode of The X-Files? It felt so much mm, like that. I can see that. And, and I was like, it's, so, it's just so weird. Like, it was weird. And I feel like he has, in the two things we've seen that he has done for this, you know, thing, he, he understands it in an interesting way. Because sounds like with Super High Concept, too. Yeah. Like, but I, I just feel like there's this... This almost like, hey, I'm gonna tell a story that's like a fringe episode if if they if they never if fringe division never shows up. It's it's like a you know, X Files if Mulder and Scully aren't in town that weekend. It it's there's just something cool about that. And I don't know, I felt like it really was judgmental. It was like this person has to die because they've done terrible things and now we know why, but it doesn't negate the terrible things they did. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's fair because it, it is very much. And I think this is, um, you know, something we have seen a lot in news in recent times and everything of like, oh, I'm so I'm sorry. I'll try better now. OK, that, yeah. that's great. And some people do and some people get better. But it also, you know, you also did terrible things. So you kind of yeah. should pay for them. <laughs> 
for sure. And like, so he's not a cop anymore. But being a that wasn't his choice. Right. He yeah. He decided to stop being a cop. He then he goes and he's a PI, but he's not like a clean PI. He's he's you know blackmailing his clients. So he never chooses to be a good person. He has so many opportunities to change what he's doing and be different, and he he doesn't. And the only I know this is very bleak. And the only answer for it is 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 death. And uh, I that's my kind of bleak. I think. Yeah. I, you know, the more I think we, we talk through it, I I really want Brad Anderson to to make that movie, you know, like, I, I think, um, and it was more prevalent in Sounds Like, but I think it is here too. He has a really interesting um, understanding and interpretation of what is scary. Yeah. And the fact that Sounds Like is an audio like sounds like is all about scaring you with noise mm-hmm. and you know uh session nine is all about scaring you with with noise and with lightness and darkness which is there for the first 10 minutes of vanishing on 7th street like i just i, I that's true like yeah he, and yet every one of these things i've had some issue with there is something about right session nine just doesn't work for me in the end it i get it it works for everybody but there's something about it that I have a distance to uh, sound like I just felt like in the end it was about a nagging wife and I hated that. Um, this episode just had too much else there that didn't make it like breakthrough for me. I just want to know, like I want him to make that perfect thing that reaches me. And I don't, I'm looking at, at his like production, like what's what he's working on and everything. He has one thing that sounds exciting called the dwarf with um, Peter Dinklage that the synopsis is a Machiavellian dwarf in medieval Italian court brings the kingdom to the brink of ruin by manipulating the prince he serves. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the thing I need. Like Maybe that's yours. You know? Yeah. Um, he has another one, um, Confessions of a Memory Eater, which I guess is based on a novel. Uh, what if there was a chemical substance, a pill, secretly derived from an ethno-pharmacist from an herb found in India, which allowed you to abandon the present and re-experience any event of your choosing with all of your five senses? Like, ooh, okay, that's it. Like, he can do sensory horror better than anyone. Oh, I just want him to make the movie for me. I'm being very selfish. Yeah. I know that. But there is something about his stuff that is, I can tell, is so good and so, in, like, intelligently made and staged and every time I find myself saying, and yet, and I don't want to say that yeah. anymore. <sighs> I get, I get, I get that. I, you know, sometimes things work better for some people than other. Like, I, I, I don't think this is perfect. Just like I didn't think sounds like was perfect, but there's, there's these, he does things that work really well for me. And it was, this was subversive enough. Like I never, I never really had a good handle on where it was going. Like I, there were many places it could have gone, and I like being kept on my toes, and it and it did it unfolded in a in an interesting way. Yeah, yeah. I'm also a sucker for um, children's drawings or artwork. So the mural of the kids that worked for me. I thought a lot of that stuff actually looked really, really good. Yeah. Um, I was worried that it wasn't and gonna look good, and it. I, and I think the graffiti is better than I thought it was because I think it's it is funny and tells a story. Like there's like 
one point I think it says bodies in basement or something mm-hmm. or and then there were those kids in the basement and I was like oh that's funny yeah and yeah. and I wish that there was one point and this is minute and I don't really care that much but they when they show the drawing the the drawings on the wall move too much mm-hmm. it's too much like Fair. I think one would have been good but it it does it so like so often that it feels goofy and i wish that that at the big one they do in like the middle of the episode i wish that they had just cut away and gone back and it was changed to save like a real movement for the end fair but i mean that's it that's stupid that's me splitting hairs but i did think a lot of it was good and i actually liked eric roberts a lot in it i did too yeah no i'm i mean i always like him um and I, I thought he was good in this. He, he yeah. had to work hard. I think he usually does work hard when he's in stuff, which is yeah. very astounding considering how much stuff he does. But yeah. Yeah, it's a recommend. Um, again, it's, it's not, it has a lot of, I don't know, there's a lot that I didn't love about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's overly well received, at least from like when I was Googling around, like I don't think this was critically loved or anything like that. But it it is worth watching. Like there there is good stuff here, mm-hmm. and I'd be curious if I go back to this and rewatch it not immediately, but at some point in time, with your sets your eyes from the way you saw it as immediately being, um, kind of that the episode itself was aware from the beginning that he was a bad guy or that what he was doing was not that we were not supposed to be aligned with him. Um, mm-hmm. It was just something that did not cross my mind watching. It felt like I was watching a good cop who has bad methods. Yeah. But I do want to watch it again thinking, no, it's it's not telling me to watch it that way and see if I if I feel differently. Yeah, I would be curious because th- there is always that chance where I am inserting my own things into something and I want it to be this so I am forcing my agenda on it. But I, uh, with this, I'm not, I don't know if I entirely did that. Yeah, I'm not sure. At some point in life, I'll I'll come back to it who knows it Uh, might be relevant to you at some point (laughs) one of these days i mean you know the next time i need to hire a private eye maybe i'll go back and watch this and just remind myself to be a little more uh careful about the screening process yeah go on yelp or something yeah i bet there's a yelp for private eyes yeah try to blackmail me oh not let's not pick him (laughs) three stars (laughs) also had good uh conducted his business at a nice diner with good coffee Oh, that diner was weird too. There were like, like there was like a clock with like um, the astrological symbols. I can't think of the word I'm trying to. You're, you're right. Like, it, I don't know. Like, she was weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was weird and witchy too. She had like a little, like a weird necklace, and then she had that huge amethyst in in her room when they get to her. I don't know. There's just it's just weird. I liked it a lot. I feel like a lot of thought was put into. It. Yeah. No, this was not. And again. This is a complaint that we had about Masters of Horror. This was not lazy. There was nothing that felt phoned in, um, both in the visuals, in the performances, in, you know, this was not made, I'm sure it was made pretty cheap, because these were all made cheap, but it didn't feel like anything was phoned in. Yeah. All right, so that was Spooked. When next we meet, we are watching somebody else's episode. Do you remember who's next? Oh, no, and I shut IMDb already. I'm oh, failing. No. Um, I know Landis is episode four. Um, this episode, the next one that we'll see as I go to episodes. To I'm going to find it. Uh, okay, so episode three is called Family Man. 
Oh, we should say Sacrifice had a 6.4 IMDb rating. Spooked has a 5.8. Not fair. Yeah. Undeserved, yeah. I think. Family Man has a 6.9. And this episode is directed by Ronnie Yu of Bride of Chucky oh. and uh, Freddy vs. Jason. And I don't know if I've seen this one, to be honest with you. I'm reading Ooh, the synopsis. I finally got back to it. Um, I don't know that I've seen it. If I did, it didn't. I don't remember it, which, I mean, maybe it sucks. I don't know. Well, we will find out. And again, everybody, um, these are on the Roku channel, hopefully in the right order. We'll find out. Yeah, goodbye and Have be a careful good week. Yes. And hey, hey, yeah. let's be careful out there. Let's be careful out there. We had a 187 at the 7-Eleven on the corner of 4th and Main. Two Caucasians of the male persuasion for the bullet through the cashier's brain. Moving on, I see it to 11. Half a dozen, 459. W's a GTA, civil miscellaneous crimes. Homicide, arson, robbery, red. Everybody gets a share. Crime never sleeps, so stay awake. Let's be careful out there. Hanging down around Central West And you foot patrols Keep a lookout For that supermarket Robin Hood He been stealing from the stores And giving to the poor He's a hero of the neighborhood a Homicide, arson, robbery, red It wouldn't hurt to say I'm 